Good evening, everyone. Our new moon meeting tonight will once again be a little different from what has typically been the case. Instead of one person speaking before the group meditation, there will be two people speaking. The presentations will be shorter, but they should still provide ample ideas to reflect upon together during the comment period following the meditation. This new moon is in Gemini, and Gemini is described as the major symbol of duality in the zodiac. It shines a spotlight on the pairs of opposites. It is also one of the four signs that make up what is called the mutable cross, along with Virgo, Sagittarius, and Pisces. Alice Bailey's esoteric astrology states that the main purpose of the energies which come to focus through these signs is to create a constant flux and periodic change in time and space. This constant flux and periodic change then create an appropriate field of experience for the unfoldment of the Christ consciousness in humanity. So it could be said that these signs help to provide that variety of life circumstances characterized by mutability, which stimulate increased responsiveness to soul light. For the disciple, an aspect of this constant flux and periodic change is the experience and recognition of the pairs of opposites. These pairs of opposites can take many forms. For example, two common pairs of opposites are self-centered concerns versus group-centered ones, or materialistic values versus spiritual values. As sensitivity to the soul's nature strengthens, there can be a swinging back and forth in orientation from expression that is personality-centered to expression that is more soul-centered. Resolution of the pairs of opposites occurs through the process of personality-soul alignment and the infusion of the personality with soul energies. Mercury is the exoteric ruler of Gemini, and it is known as the planet that typically governs the mind. The plane of mind, as we know, is where the disciple seeks to bring into harmonious rapport perhaps the most significant of the pairs of opposites, lower and higher minds. <clears throat> Excuse me. In her book, Archetypes of the Zodiac, Kathleen Burt describes the mind as dual and amoral in nature. She adds that it can lead us in either a positive or negative direction. She further points out how mental curiosity can lead to brilliant discoveries or to experiences with painful consequences. These are interesting comments and they're underscored by some words of the Tibetans in esoteric astrology. He indicates that it is the mind 
as well as the uses of conflict and form life that assist the soul as it seeks to work more cooperatively with its vehicle when incarnated. He then adds that it is right use and control of the mind as the organ of illumination, which ultimately facilitates release from personality identity. As we observe events on the world stage, and perhaps in our local areas as well, it's possible to see humanity's effort and at times struggle to make right use of the faculty of mind. For example, there is much debate taking place at present about artificial intelligence. This debate could possibly be summed up by the question as to whether AI will be used to serve the greater good or will it instead be used for selfish and materialistic purposes? Birch's comments point to a critical task of ours as disciples who strive to serve in the heart center of the group of world servers. This task is to bring into harmonious rapport the pairs of opposites known as our personality's lower mind and the higher mind of the spiritual triad. This pair of opposites is described by the Tibetan as the highest of three pairs that can be associated with the mind and its functioning. The first pair of opposites involves the mind's mediating function as it discriminates between the individual self and what is considered apart from the individual self. This might be described as the me and you consciousness. The second pair of opposites is the mind's mediating function as it conveys messages between the soul and the brain, facilitating the recognition of lower and higher selves. Those who are conscious disciples eventually find themselves focusing on that third and highest pair of mind-related opposites, the development of harmonious rapport between lower and higher minds. The process of developing this harmonious rapport is often described as building a bridge of light in consciousness, or to put it another way, building the Antakarana. Those who actively engage in this building work understand as well that it can't be accomplished by just the personality alone. The help of the soul is required. The assistance of what is sometimes called the son of mind. The soul then becomes a mediating agent in the disciples building effort. Hence, the importance of pressing forward with the work of aligning our individual expression with the soul and its nature is once again underscored. Those who take on this bridging task are engaged in important service work. They are committing themselves to the task 
of so redeeming the substance of their personality vehicles, and particularly the substance of mind, that they will be able to function as reliable transmitters of higher level spiritual energies, and especially according to their current capacity for sensitive registering, the energy of divine will. This capacity for sensitive registering steadily grows as the bridge of light between lower and higher minds is strengthened. As we know, the individual disciple might experience many challenges as effort is made to strengthen personality soul alignment. Observing the stage of world events, it's possible to witness humanity, the world disciple, doing the best it can to address the challenges it is facing. These challenges come to focus in right use of the mind and its choice-making capacity. A paradigm shift is occurring as deeper movement into the Aquarian, Aquarian age takes place. And a prominent feature of this shift is that attention must be directed from personality self-interests to concern for the greater good. It is demonstrated concern for the greater good that prepares humanity for the first initiation the birth of the Christ consciousness. The line of least resistance for humanity has long been selfishness, and humanity is now being called upon to more fully embrace the soul's group conscious nature. Hence, as we play our part in the heart center of the group of world servers, Let's strive to remember the Tibetan's words that the mind is the organ of illumination and release. Through our effort to rightly use our own capacity of mind, and especially its choice-making capacity, we quicken the experience of personality, soul alignment. At whatever stage in this process we might be, and promote further development of the bridge in consciousness between lower and higher minds. Let us now say the mantra of the will. Kathy will then provide further insights into underlying Gemini energies at work at this new moon time. In the center, of the will of God I stand. Naught shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men.
Thanks so much, John, for those words that seeded our work tonight. So I'm just going to add a few thoughts. On this occasion of the new moon, we plant the seed conditioned by the available energies. Under Gemini, we're offered the opportunity of bringing together, as John spoke, the pairs of opposites. And we can create an allies synthesis. The new moon, however, is a more difficult energy with which to work. And yet it's an energy that is most needed to be understood and appropriated by this heart center of the new group of world servers. It's a concretizing time when the energies are worked out within the crucible of the three worlds. And these three worlds, as we all know, are presently heavily laden under the weight of Maya glamour and illusion. Consequently, there's greater room for error during this lower interlude period when the energies have descended into this miasma and created thought forms are easily manipulated and consequently subject to distortion by the forces of materialism. But if the energies are handled well, there's much opportunity in this interlude for the forwarding of the plan. As John mentioned, Gemini is the preeminent sign of duality, hence the challenges its energies present to, to those who are powerfully subject to the pushes and pulls between the pairs of opposites, which most of us are. But likewise, on the higher levels of the mental plane, this sign brings tremendous opportunities for those who are learning to work effectively within these higher realms of consciousness, these weavers in the light. The challenge therefore before us is that of resolving the forces in conflict, sometimes known as the quarreling brothers, and working instead with their higher counterpart, which the Tibetan calls the brothers who live in the light. Under the stream of this inpouring energy during the month of June, the Tibetan tells us that the influence of Venus can be contacted by those individuals who are helping to plant the seeds of the new world religion. Venus is the esoteric ruler of Gemini and stands, we're told, as the soul to our planet Earth. Collectively, we can create a channel, it said, an extraplanetary rainbow bridge, whereby these Venusian energies can find points of expression and anchorage upon our Earth, and thereby help to expand human consciousness in alignment with soul purpose. In esoteric astrology, we read of the beauty of this bridging work, which forms the very fabric of the great chain of hierarchy. The Tibetan writes, Forget not that relating our planet to the planet Venus is a planetary antakarana, passing from thence to the heart of the sun and later to the cosmic mental plane. He goes on to say, there are rainbow bridges carrying the sevenfold energies of the seven rays from planet to planet, 
from system to system, and from plane to plane on cosmic levels. It is over these bridges that the will of the related spiritual identities is projected, producing that synthesis of effort, which is distinctive of the cooperative systemic life. For our purposes, the opportunity offered here can strengthen our ability to find resolution to the pairs of opposites. Alice Bailey beautifully described this task in her introduction to the light of the soul. She wrote, through dispassion and the balancing of the pairs of opposites, the seeker on the way eventually frees himself from the moods, feelings, longings, and emotional reactions which characterize the life of the average man, and thereby he can arrive at the point of peace. So this balance between the pairs of opposites is so needed at this time in our world. Balance confers the ability to stand serene at the center that can help quell the ever-widening polarization that's pulling humanity apart, turning people and groups against one another, fomenting distrust and hardening animosities. What we need instead is to come together to build bridges of communication. For as we do so, we can find the focus and place the focus on finding solutions to the real issues which are challenging us. But this fraying at the seams under the stress of the present conditions is perhaps natural during what Christians sometimes call the end times. But according to the Angel's wisdom, rather than referring to this time as the end times, we recognize this is simply the end of an age. And as always at such times, there's a withering of the law. During such times, we're hard pressed not to become disheartened by the twisting and dismantling of truth that occurs. But we know there is light at the end of this tunnel where the disheartening nature of the times and the consequent disillusionment is doing much to awaken people, enabling them to see more clearly what is happening beneath the surface of outer events. Such situations bring to mind some words from the externalization of the hierarchy, which remind us to come back to our humanity, our basic humanity. Tibetan was here asking his group during a higher interlude period to keep their minds open and receptive, free from prejudice or national bias, and to think in broader terms beyond the spectrum of the war that was raging at that time and to move into another space. He was asking them to be practical and through that means to aid the forces of light working out within the world. He said, I ask you to drop your antagonisms and your antipathies, your hatreds and your racial differences and simply come to attempt to think in terms of the one family, the one life and the one humanity. So what can we do now to aid in bringing about a resolution of these warring forces of our time and to bring about a lessening of our antagonisms and our antipathies, our racial differences. 
How can we understand the energies available to us? The solution is highlighted in a sutra from Patanjali, from book two, sutra 33. In a commentary on it, the Tibetan stated that a real understanding of how to undertake this work of resolving the dualities is found if one combines his translation with that of another teacher, Robert Johnston. The Tibetan wrote that due to the complexities of the multifaceted nature of Sanskrit, neither one of these translations alone is fully complete, but that together they provide us with the entire science of how to balance the pairs of opposites. The Tibetan's translation reads, when thoughts which are contrary to yoga are present, there should be the cultivation of their opposite. And the translation by Johnston gave the same idea, but in different beautiful words, and the method is adequately brought about. He wrote, when transgressions hinder the weight of the imagination should be thrown upon the opposite side. Johnston's Im imagery is compelling and resonant with the energies of Gemini. He's asking us to, instead of getting caught up in the battles of the three lower planes, which are never ending, we're advised to project our consciousness into the higher realms, into the land of light, of the abstract mind, and there contact that measure of truth which is needed now in seeking impression and which can be adapted in some form that would work out as a service to the plan. We're enjoined here, therefore, to be concerned with our thoughts and the need to cultivate those thoughts that are of a higher order and away from the concerns that relate to the three worlds and their miasmas, all the while that we live within these worlds, within these jungles of the West, doing what we can within them to bring peace into the world. Patanjali advised that the mental dualities could be overcome by concentrating the mind upon the infinite or as another mantra said, upon that peace that passeth understanding, that abides in the hearts of those who live in the eternal. So now let's work with our meditation. Strengthening the hands of the new group of world servers. Coming together in group fusion. I am one with my group members, and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth for them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. 
alignment. We recognize our place as a group within the heart center of the new group of world servers. <clears throat> We mentally extend a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart center. We extend the alignment to the Christ at the heart of hierarchy. And then we extend the alignment towards Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known. We hold that alignment. the mind open to the important energies. Higher interlude. Holding the mind focused for a few moments on the planetary role of the new group of world servers. Mediating between hierarchy and humanity. Responding to hierarchical impression. In meditating the plan into existence.
meditation, reflecting on the sita, through the impression and expression of certain great ideas, humanity must be brought to the understanding of the fundamental ideals which will govern the new age. This is the major task of the group of world servers.
precipitation. Visualize the precipitation of the will to good, essential love throughout the planet, from Shambhala through the planetary heart, the hierarchy, through the Christ, the group of world servers, through all men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world, and finally through the hearts and minds of the whole human family. Or introverted. Consider the many ways in which the power of the one life and the love of the one soul are working out in the world through the members of the new group of world servers, so building the thought form of solution to world problems.
distribution. As the great invocation is sounded, visualize the irradiation of human consciousness with light, love, and power. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men. The purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center, which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and life work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone. So now we'll open it up to any thoughts that any of you might have, um, focusing but not strictly related to the questions for reflection that you should see on your screen, or more broadly, just uh, related to the talk that was uh, talks that were given. John, did you have anything you'd like to say at this point? Um, Kathy, thank you so much for your wonderful presentation. And you just stirred in my thinking a greater awareness of this idea of bridges of connection. I was caused to reflect on how the group of world servers itself provides that bridge of connection between humanity and hierarchy. 
we as individual disciples are striving to strengthen the bridge of connection within our own faculty of mind, that bridge between lower and higher minds. And then you brought to our attention awareness of extraplanetary bridges of connection, um, the planetary bridge between this planet Earth and the planet Venus, um, representative of the soul of our planet. So thank you so much for your ability to illumine our thinking and enrich our understanding of what it, this bridge of connection means. And that should do it for now, Kathy. So thank you. Thanks, John. Um, so does anyone have any um, responses to any of the questions? Um, anybody would like to raise their hand or to post something in the chat box or people here in the group? Um, uh, the questions are on your paper. The first is, is, was really addressed in John's talk, observing the stage of world events, what are some indications of the emerging Christ consciousness within humanity? One thing that I could say when I was reflecting on what you were saying, John, and saying that the mutable cross, the signs of the mutable cross or the mutable cross experience, which the large majority of people in the world are living under, you stated that it was this cross of many changes, which mutability means many changes, was the key um, factor which brings about the emergence of the Christ consciousness. And I thought, well, how, lucky are we to be living in this world of constant change, thereby serving the purposes of awakening humanity to the taking of the first initiation, just by being alive in this world today, with all the changes that are increasingly on the horizon. But others might have thoughts to share. I mean, this was sort of an obvious comment and something that was already touched on, but just to me, you know, observing the world events, what are some indications of the emerging Christ consciousness within humanity? Well, it actually is the increase in conflict that I think is definitely one of the major the major indicators um, that the that the Christ consciousness is actually in fact emerging, because what is actually being birthed. You know, we often associate the Christ con consciousness with love, which um, I think our conception of love is often of actually the resolution of conflict, unity, and um, of perhaps truth, but also of um, sort of resolution and peace as well. And, um, but in fact, I think the type of love that Christ will bring, at least we're told, is the fire of the will to love. 
and it's love plus will, which will is always um, direct and immediate. And uh, it's uh, basically the future coming about at all costs and at um, the cost of our comfort or the cost of um, anything else. And so that often plays out destructively, which is difficult often to reconcile with this keynote of love. And so we look at like world events, especially there's all this talk about, you know, democracies declining, the planets failing. Um, and of course, you know, that I'm not debating that that's not true, but I think um, to really look with the eyes that can see underlying all these conflicts is certain fundamental changes being brought about in human consciousness that perhaps could be brought about any other way. And so we have to look not at the effects, not at actual things that are happening, but it's what is happening to humanity through those conflicts that's um, of most importance. Just that also, if anybody would like to raise their hand to share audibly, you can just go to the reactions button on your Zoom toolbar and then click raise hand. I think that one thing that world events, uh, an understanding that world events is driving is that we are just not so insular. We cannot be insular and we aren't anyway. That any, any notion of insularity or dominance is false. And I think that that's happening at a on a grand scale. Even the so here in New York City, last week, the week before, whatever it was, when we had all the smoke from Canada, how many people thought that that was even possible? That wildfires to the north of us could affect every single person and plant and animal and insect to that degree. It was, I think, um, for a lot of us, an eye-opener at how connected we are. There is a hand here. Catherine Cruz. Hello. Hey, Catherine, go ahead. Thank you. Um, I, I was thinking about this really on an individual everyday level also. I, um, and I was reading just this afternoon, um, the way to, uh, one way to approach those with whom we disagree is to um, Avoid all personality in, in innuendo except wise and loving comment and a determination to see in all in the light of eternity and not in time, coupled with a constant endeavor to follow the law of love and see only the divine in your brothers. And, and I just wonder how much of what we do as um, uh, as as new group of world as members of the new group of world servers, 
doesn't kind of come down to that on a day in and a day out basis. If we don't, if we allow our minds um, to focus on what is good and loving, that seems to open a path to a, a wider understanding of uh, what we are about in these critical times. So that's all. Thank you. John, did you have something to say? Um, yeah. Um, and Catherine, um, your comments there um, have been similar to some that I've been thinking of too. Um, what is our individual experience like on a day-by-day -day basis in, in regard to um, really holding a place of love for our brothers and sisters in our consciousness? Um, Michael, a few months ago in your full moon talk, I remember you speaking to how we needed to really be aware of that fire of love um, within us and to stoke that fire of love within us for our fellow human beings. Um, at least I think that was something that you were pointing out in that talk. And if I can speak just personally for a minute here, um, my wife and I um, are close followers of politics. And in the recent debt ceiling talks that were occurring, there were a few personalities on the stage, the world stage there, who um, um, were expressing opinions that were very different from our own. And yet I know that for myself, I really worked with the idea of seeing that individual whose opinions were so contrary to mine um, as someone who had a, a, a wonderful soul um, and who was at a particular place of um, expression and um, who may have been in that particular situation fulfilling soul purpose. I really have no idea but I was just aware of the importance of holding a place of love, a space of love um, for that individual in spite of the outer differences in opinions um, from that individual's to my own. And so to me, that is a little bit of what it might mean to um, play a mediating role as a member of the heart center of the group of world servers. And Kathy, in your comments toward the end of your talk, you were enjoining us to lift our consciousnesses to a higher space where we were setting aside these um, differences of opinions, um, personality driven that can so cloud consciousness and to come to that clear space of light and love within ourselves. Um, and um, so I think that's enough for now. Yeah, there's an interesting thing that a friend of mine talks about in, it's related to this theme of merging the opposites. Um, if you think of a triangle and the base of the triangle with the two points, 
if you try and bring together a synthesis between those two points, you'll have, of course, the, the midpoint of the base of the triangle. And then that midpoint is, is completely aligned with the vertical, with the apex of the triangle. And so I think to, she's saying that to the extent that we can build bridges to those of an opposite polarity, or perhaps in esoteric astrology, we say that Gemini is related to bridging between all of the pairs of opposites in the zodiac, then we can reach through that midpoint into much more easily into the higher realms. And so similar to what John has been expressing in terms of uh, the debt negotiations in the United States, over the past couple of years, I've um, found myself listening to a lot of alternative media sources outside of the mainstream. And as a result, I've come to see a little bit more into the other side of the political divide in our country and find myself um, coming more to the center. And I find it it's pretty amazing because I am a pretty polarized person generally. <laughs> and so to come to the center a little more is is really amazing, quite amazing and enlightening. Just there's one more hand here, but I'll just add one comment really quick about something that Tibetan says about love, just related to what you said. And he says actually the will to love is not really love in the truest sense, because then there's an effort to be loving mm -hmm. involved. And so in fact, I'm sure he would say it better, but but in fact, you know, true love in the spirit highest spiritual sense is just identification with the plan. Or identification with the purpose and that you actually become become love. the purpose or become love exactly be we say in the spirit in the spiritual teachings you become the path mm -hmm. or you become that which needs to come out through mm -hmm. the divine into fuller manifestation so it's about identification rather than just um, an effort to be loving at a certain stage but let's have john horn if you don't mute yourself. But just take me one second, because there's no, there's no cursor on my screen. So I just like very difficult. There we go. Okay. Go Thank ahead. you. Thank you, Michael. The Gemini new moon in this time of polarity. But the quote from the Bhagavad Gita is very prescient or revealing. Whenever there is a withering of the wrong sides, I manifest myself. What is implied by that is a return of the great teachers or the great teachings, but also the law itself. We find ourselves in this transition time, and my sense of it is that even though our interpretations of the law may be changing, the law itself needs to be reestablished. And that's part of what we're enduring right now. I would think it'd be helpful if we could keep our eyes open and understand that we've seen past conflicts in the 20th century where those who would do away with the norms of behavior between civilized peoples were allowed to come to power. 
And we're living through an echo of that, not the same thing, but shall we say a reflection. And as we come to the conclusion of the three festivals, this really is our time to begin to radiate these energies and to celebrate at the solstice the fact that the work for this cycle, this wave of the cycle rather, has been complete. And then we prepare for the next wave. And with that, I'll turn it back to you. Thank you for listening. I know for me, um, one thing that was really coming to mind is actually over the last few days, but since everybody's been talking, it kind of came back into my consciousness. Um, we're told that we're working towards making Earth a sacred planet, but in reality, on a certain level, it already is. So really the problem is not with the, um, the soul or the higher nature. It has to do with the outer expression. So when I was really thinking about this and the questions that were um, listed here, as members of the new group of world servers, and I think this uh, festival season was really um, a great opportunity because of the seed thought that was given to the group this year. That we're really being asked, like Kathy was also describing very well with that symbol of the triangle and that top, that pinnacle, to hold that perspective of the sacredness that's underlying the outer expression and as a group to try to hold that tension to see that the will to see the vision because that's what we our job as the ajna center is to see that to hold that and to hold that no matter what outer events or circumstances are happening and like michael was also nicely saying um it's not that we are trying to be loving. We are standing in the will of God, which is love. And by being able to hold that tension point, it's sort of like everything else falls away and it becomes manifest. Another hand raised, Maria Christina Donadu. Yeah. Greetings, everyone, and thanking. And also, two-pronged, really, a direct comment, I guess, on the recent um, trend of the conversation. I would say, for me, the words, look for the sign of divinity in all, encapsulates much. Look for the sacredness, which, of course, requires a stance within that sacredness or within that divinity or within the soul. And so as to be able to recognize the sign of divinity and all. But also I wanted to comment, I've had a hard time with my computer and was unable to complete 
a comment on the chat. Someone a long time ago asked about the um, Antakarana or the bridging between Earth and Venus. And I started to reply and then was cut off. So it was incomplete. So I would like to just reply to that, that just as there is that bridging between the Earth and Venus, uh, which right now, you know, just the whole theme of bridging and Antakarana is so powerful, is that bridging is held by the Buddhas of activity or the Kamaras. Then another Antakarana between Shambhala and hierarchy is held by the Nirmanakayas. And then between hierarchy and our humanity, as we know, is the new group of world servers. And those three Antakaranas, if you will, form a triangle that is galvanized by the avatar of synthesis. And that's just a direct reply to a comment or question a long time ago on the chat that I was frustrated and unable to respond to at the time. And then I went offline. So thank you for the opportunity to share such a, I don't know, I find great um, inspiration just in that trying thought being galvanized, giving power to the new group of world service because it's happening. Just so everything you hear on the news, but can I just say, I just read about a man who's turning guns into garden tools. <laughs> I think it's the little things too that don't make the news very often that are also there in the um, incredible crises and shattering of forms that need to go. So thank you. All right, well, it seems like we've reached a moment of silence and even Emmanuel does not want to share. So <laughs> I, think, I guess it's a time to close our meeting. <laughs> he's a Gemini, so perhaps he's communing with his higher self. Oh, wait, I, do, yeah. I do want to say one thing. Okay, Michael, has to say somebody brought this up in the chat and I didn't even realize it, but today's actually Alice Bailey's birthday. Oh, ah, yes. Happy Alice, Alice Bailey's birthday. What year was she? June 16th, 1880. 1880. Oh, well, she has reincarnated already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you all. And thank you, John, in particular, for being my co-brother in the light and this Gemini new moon. Uh, so thank you, Kathy, and thanks to all there um, for your contributions. Much appreciated, as always. And the exact time of the new moon is early uh, on the East Coast here, early on uh, Sunday morning, something like 1230 in the morning. So tomorrow will, should be an intense day of new moon energy. So keep, keep our focus and uh, thank you all. And then we have the... Um, upcoming cancer 
um, full moon, which will be on Sunday, July 2nd. And that'll be at an earlier time, 3 p.m. And then the Cancer new moon will be on Friday, July 12th at 6 p.m. So we look forward to seeing you all then. Thank you.